0: It's Thursday, February 16th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 432 of Fear the Boot, the show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 45 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Julia. My name is Pat. My name is Chad. And my name is Chris. It's so great having Julia, Pat, and Chris on the mic. Like, Chad and I have not talked over those three hosts in months. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I know. You guys, we'd hate for you to get out of practice, so. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I'm much more chatty now, so this this could be interesting. Yeah, I, okay, so, Pat. Normally is incredibly quiet, right? Most are talking about yeah. pornography or something. Oh, well, yeah. and
1: then he's always gonna right, or you
0: Absolutely. get him angry, yeah, or, or we get him angry. Like he gets worked up about the sugar about daddies, pornography. about pornography, yes. yeah, the sugar daddies at the strip club. Yes. and it's better if you catch him on his own, right? Like away from the mics, he actually talks yeah. more. But ever since you've been getting the cancer treatments, I don't know if they have you on like opioids or what you're it on. It is. I'm on opioids, and it's the opioids that do it. Apparently, because uh, it, they make you more chatty. Yeah, you go into these like mania states. I do. Where I can't stop you. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's really weird because I've never i I've never been this talkative.
2: I mean, just in even in normal, just away from the mics, mm-hmm. I don't talk that much anyway. But yeah, just, I'm
0: just very chatty now. It's crazy. So I got two thank yous to give because two people sent me housewarming gifts. Mm. At least I assume they're housewarming gifts. I think one of them s- specifically said so. Was one like a new riding saddle and the other one was a like a gift basket for your staff?
3: Oh. <laughs> from folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't give the I don't staff know where the gifts. riding saddle comes
0: from, but I, I like <laughs> it. It came from a joke we were making last week about Broder thinks I have stables out back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like actual stables, not yes. something sexual. I realize... You don't? Pat, horses also use saddles. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> that, not but I don't... Horses are
4: kinky too? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah well, they're it, all hung like a horse, so why wouldn't they
0: be? So the first one is... And you're going to have to excuse me here if I butcher the last name, if I'm just guessing, but John Eli, or maybe John Ellie, but I'm going to guess Eli, sent me a copy of the advanced play version of Pugmire, Mm -hmm. which is the game by Eddie Webb. So if anyone who doesn't know who Eddie Webb is, he used to work for White Wolf, now writes for, I believe, Onyx Path as well on World of Darkness stuff. And he's creating his own role-playing game called Pugmire, which is based on his fascination with pugs. And by the way, I think really the throwdown I want to watch is a civil war that is limited to only two parties. And that's, Pug fanatics and corgi fanatics.
3: Oh, I want to watch
0: that war. I'm on the okay. corgi side, but I have
3: to go corgi
0: myself. Well, I, even I would like also dogs. go corgi. That's thing, you don't you don't care that much, right? They do. Oh yes, sure. They do yes. so much. Like people of any other dog breed do not care about the breed of their dog. They might love their dog a whole lot, but they are not as fixated as militantly (laughs) on their dog breed as pug owners and quarry owners Mm. so i don't know have you ever said a bad word i was gonna say have you ever said a bad word about pit bulls well that's the thing the the pit bulls they only get defensive right they're not like fanatic they play
3: with kids they love kids It's like,
0: a pug may have bitten somebody once somewhere in history, not a pug, excuse me, but a a pit bull, bull. then, yeah, these people lose their minds. But it's always on the defensive, right? They're not out there like, oh, I need pit bull this and pit bull that. They don't have the
4: the pit bull political action committee out there uh, advocating for rights. Well,
3: and I'm going to start a little bit of shit. Yeah.
4: Pugs
1: were literally bred to sit on your feet and be lazy. That's what pugs were actually bred for, was to keep people's feet warm. And they're huge, (laughs) fat. Well, they're not huge. They're fat, lazy dogs for a reason. They're Uh bred that way. So
0: that's gift number one. Now, for anyone who's not (laughs) familiar with that specific game, I will link to it in the show notes. But the gist of it is the game takes place after some kind of apocalypse on Earth. And dogs have, I don't know if its they've evolved or if it's magic or whatever, but dogs have become intelligent and humanoid. And all they know is that once upon a time, they were the servants of some much greater golden age race called man. Okay. And so they serve man and they have like 10 commandments for man. And like the first one is be a good dog. Uh-huh. And it just goes down from there. And then you have like the kingdom of Mao. Where you can play cats and all. It's just, you know, huh. it's, a, it's a silly game, but it's a fun cool. game.
3: No, it's a deadly serious game.
0: We'll freaking kill people That's over right. this game. <laughs> the second one has inspired me to do something. Uh oh. This ah, one. Thanks. This one came from Chris Ings. He sent us a an autograph by Kevin Symbieta copy of the Riffs coloring book. Wow. So, I have determined wow. since my house already has dogs, and now we have a coloring book, horrifying as it is, <laughs> that I'm going to get some crayons and we are going to set up a Fear the Boot safe space. Mm. And <laughs> at some future episode, we are going to have a Fear the Boot safe space rotation where I'm going to put the dog of your choice in there, this coloring book. And like some nice new age music or rainforest uh, sounds, you and I want you—you you have to color is a picture. This is like the
3: anti-Chad space. It's a room with dogs, riffs, and new age music. Why I'm, in the hell would I
0: ever go in there? To get you in the it's, mood for the horror of riffs. <laughs> that's right. Because I have to either sedate you to the point you can handle riffs mm-hmm. or drive you so mad it's like Pac Man. You it's go like, off one it. side of the right. board and come and back come on back the other. other. Come back for Full come back riffs. riffs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you have to go through X can you just number of trials. Me? That's, well, that's kind of my preference. You're, a big, you journey. you're a big oh. journey to the West fan, right? I love it. So, okay, you know, at the end of the story, he is forced to go through one more trial Mm -hmm. because he has not suffered the right number of times Ah. to ascend and to come back with the Buddhist scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what this is like. But each of us is going to pick a page and color it and then we're going to come in and talk about the story that we put behind that page, and talk about the color choices. So there's going to be a real artistic storytelling. Stop looking at me when you say this. Expressive, I hate this idea. <laughs> expressive element to it. Like this is the worst idea you've ever like, had. Like I just for want me. you guys to know that there is a picture in here of, of a horse with nose guns. Yes, of a come robotic horse. Come on with now, machine gun barrels that come out of its nostrils. And wow. it's firing that's, that's shell awesome. casings from its, its got an cheeks. arrow in it.
4: That must be in the basic tier of things. Mm-hmm.
2: That's 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 interesting. Well it's so like...
4: unity. No.
2: Damn no. it.
3: Yeah, you well could... actually, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's naked, it just doesn't have a genital. <laughs> actually,
0: and here's kind and of so. a dog man over here. Guess who that's yeah. gonna become? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get a story about gnarl in there. That's right. But did. Chris, go ahead and say something. I know like it's so hard with the rotation. Because we don't see you sitting up like you're either about to say something or have a heart attack. <laughs> I am not having a heart attack, and I am sitting up. So well, we
2: do have his picture on the screen, and his picture is Hawkman from oh, from, 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 is. Gordon, from Flash from, Gordon,
4: from Flash Gordon from, from say, the movie, yeah.
2: from the movie Flash Gordon. And it, what, um, what, I, actually, what was his name? What was the, that? Was, you know, it, huh? It's
4: Prince. Of, it's Prince Volton is Prince, the character. Okay and then Brian Blessed of course yeah, is the actor. Yeah, I know he was the leader of the
2: Hawkmen, but I didn't I yes. couldn't rem- I could not remember what his name was because it's been ages since I've seen that movie.
4: That movie is uh easily one of my favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love that movie. And I love it because it's so cheesy. My favorite part of the
2: movie is when Ming the Merciless dies and then his eye He's on that rotating board that has the spikes that come out of it. As when one side's down, you know, whatever. Oh, and he yeah, gets impaled yeah. on, it, and then his eye
4: like oozes out of its socket, yeah. like it's like foam coming out of his eye. I went and saw that in the in the movie theater with a little friend. Uh-huh. I remember that scene specifically, and that was actually main enforcer. So it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't That's right. Yeah, he gets impaled just, by that's, flash. That's, but,
2: that one scene has stuck with me since childhood. Yes, like and, he dies, and the, the eye oozes out like foam oozing out of the socket. was like oh yeah, my the god, and the tongue
4: and everything comes out. Yeah, it's. Uh, and it was that it was that moment <laughs> that was the catalyst to get everyone to rebel against Ming. At that point,
3: Julie and I are sitting here like, yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, it was. It, it was, was like, like
2: that movie. I probably was five when that movie came out or something. Yeah, for cinema, in nineteen eighty. That was it. Was a it was nineteen eighty? Yeah, if it was I would have been six years old. So yeah, I saw that. I saw it in the theater.
0: It was a you want huge grozone movie moments? scene that creeped me out for a long no. time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Next tell you anyway. You know. So okay.
1: mean. I know, right? <laughs> was in <laughs> the Cancer last Starfighter.
0: Uh huh. Do you remember the beta? No. Okay. Yes. So I'm too young for yeah. that. The plot of the last Starfighter is it's that Albanian there's alien stuff. Is, is that it's a
3: great it's a great movie? Yeah, it is. I, I don't know about I guess, great, but, but it was oh, entertaining and
0: fun. The last Starfighter, the plot is that there's an arcade. Yep. That's basically a training game or sort of like a screening thing because there is some kind of like. Good guy, space empire that needs to get pilots, and so what they've done is they've scattered these in various forms all throughout like the sapient races of the galaxy to find the one best pilot per race, right? Exactly, not
3: like the five hundred best pilots, yeah, Just right.
0: One Which I'm sure there was some thin plot reason for this, yeah, but most there's this kid who lives Budget. in like mm. some I don't know crappy little subdivision or something, and there's a. An arcade of it yep. outside of the I think it's a laundry room, and he plays it and like gets this outstanding high score, and so they abduct him and yep. they conscript him. One guy. Yeah, they conscript him into piloting a fighter in this war. Yep, which is a, a horrible message to send everybody. But they have <laughs> to try for some reason, even though like the galaxy hangs in the balance, they decide to keep up appearances, and so they want to replace him. And so they put this, like, alien doppelganger in his place, but, like, it has to slowly take on his form. And so what happens is when it first arrives, it's just kind of like this blank humanoid template. Mm -hmm. And over time, it metamorphs into him. Hmm. But there's this one scene where this beta, as they call it, is hiding under the blankets of the guy's bed. Yeah. And his little brother's trying to talk to him. And when the little brother walks out of the room, he pulls the, the beta, pulls back the blankets, and you see the beta in its middle form. Yeah. And as an adult, looking back on it, it's not that bad. But as a kid, it was like s- so graphic yeah. and so scary that I watched that movie I don't know how many times. And every time that scene came up, I had to close my eyes uh-huh. or bury my head in the sea. You know, or-
2: but yeah, there's, I, I'm with you, Dan. There's, there are certain things like that that are just as a kid. You know that the con, You just earworms. Oh, oh God. yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. You just hit a big one. That, to this day, I still, oh,
1: yeah. when I watch it, it just
0: makes me cringe. About half mm-hmm. of The Dark Crystal.
1: Oh, my god yeah. Oh, I
0: love yeah. The Dark Crystal. Oh, it's a great movie. I saw it in the theater, man. That was great.
4: I'm with Chad. The Dark Crystal. I absolutely love that movie. Me and it too. There wasn't anything that necessarily creeped me out. It was more of just this, had this whole just weird fantasy vibe to it. But yet there was, you just picked up the sense that there was all this stuff. Stuff going on in the background that the movie didn't even want to touch upon because it didn't have the well, time. It, the theme of well, I don't know the theme of
1: good uh, versus uh, evil and well, being a balance. I don't want to get yeah, I
3: don't want to get too deep yeah. what I was about because I was a little kid and I, mm-hmm. it's like what I felt about Dark Crystal was that it was a, a world that was disintegrating and that there was this fight for the fight's sake because everything was sort of disintegrating, D- falling apart. I mean, I probably got that totally wrong when I was a kid, but that's yeah. what I felt. Now, the movie that freaked me out as a little kid was Time Bandits. I nope. Really? Yeah. Reason why? And it's a great movie. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It. Well, okay, it's not a great movie. It's a lot of fun movie. For a little <laughs> kid, it had this sense of corruption about it. You know, because that, that was, there was this great evil... That was everything that it got near, it corrupted and turned evil. And there was something about that concept that really freaked me out as a kid because it's unstoppable. I mean, if there's a werewolf, you can run away from the werewolf or you can punch it or an adult could come and stop it. But just this corrupting presence that the time bandits could only run away from. Mm -hmm. And it was that... Concept just really, really See, freaked I me had out as like, a kid.
1: I had the big monster stuff, like I had mm. Aliens and Jurassic Park yeah. that I grew up with. So those were the things. Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh! I was what are, are you I'm thirty, I'm 30 <laughs> So like, <laughs> <laughs> shut oh, up, she's a I was, baby. I was, I was like. Didn't I
3: drive to the theater?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes,
3: you did. Yeah, but my
1: point is, I like, saw that in I high school. had, <laughs> right. I had like the big monsters that used to scare uh-huh. me, but I got over them really quick. I feel like a mon, like you said, a monster yeah. is easy to get over. But the Never Ending Story had, yeah, the ne- never,
0: the nothing, the nothing, the like, nothing. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a
1: little freaky. We just watched
2: much. that the other day too. I like. Cause I've been on a movie kick. I've watched so many movies, and that was another yeah, one we was on. And we watched Never Ending Story. That mm-hmm. I, and think I haven't that seen that in that... years. And yeah, and I I will say this: it's one of
3: those that's. It's the unknowableness of it. Yeah. Like yeah. a werewolf, I can look at a werewolf, it's like big claws, fangs, uh, danger, I get it. Speaking
0: of which, have you seen, okay, so there's that thing Coke's been doing or was doing at least recently where there was a name on it, say share a Coke with, oh, and right, then there was yeah. a name. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then there was these memes where people would put, you know, share a Coke with, they'd find the name and then they'd find like, you know, a picture of a, a character from a movie or something to just happen to share that name but there was one where somebody put up a picture of the princess from the never ending story oh, crying and it just says share a Coke with, and then it's blank. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. So there's nice. something I have to say about this because
2: it's really mean, but one of the big things from never ending story is that people are always so sad about, when art when the horse when the horse dies in the oh swamp God. of sorrows oh uh, yeah the, i watched that scene and i'm like i was expecting to have this big emotional response to it and i'm just like this is just horrible i'm like what the f- is the horse so upset about and he's like <laughs> be happy be having like what Fuck! It's a horse. Why is he sad? I didn't understand why the horse was so fucking sad that it sunk in the swamp. So it didn't have the sad. It just didn't have that effect on me. And it was so quick. It was just like boom, gone. I'm like, well, no, no, I that's why it was. I was sinking. mad
0: about. It. I'm like, this is a stupid horse. That's why it was sinking. <clears> is the horse is sinking because it's like a swamp of despair, right? So if you despair, you sink. Yeah, so I know. The point so had to be was trying to be thoughts. happy. He was trying to save his my whole
2: thing. Is and my whole thing about it too is like so the horse sinks. And then Art, you know, Artax is gone. Well, that's pretty fing bad. You know, and the, and the hero, he's all upset about it. Why the f isn't he sinking? He just walks out of the fing swamp. Maybe he's a psychopath. I think so. Because like, <laughs> he's like devastated.
0: No, you can't leave me. Come on, Artax. I'm like, why is he not sinking at the moment? Maybe he's, he's like he's despairing about maybe it. Maybe that's like the performance he's putting on for the audience. But actually what you he... don't see is he's got a bit of a semi. Yeah. <laughs> I and, think like, so. Like, this is he's, like, like, oh, he's a he's a mass
3: murderer. I'm gonna like, like, he spine. had loose like, breeches, he just, he so it's certainly impossible. Yeah. He was like playing out
0: equis in his head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, he think was, I mean, that's like... It did it already <laughs> I, I really out. think it's just
1: a horrible plot hole because that movie's full of them. Yeah, it really I mean, is. It's, it's no. like it is. a flying German Shepherd thing. It's like a like horrible plot hole. Yeah, the, <laughs> <luck laughs> <dragon. Yes, laughs> the luck dragon.
0: Yes, the luck dragon. That's Flying... A tree... Golden doodle or something. It was, it's... Yeah. All right,
3: I thought that dragon was stupid when I was a kid. Oh, I
2: didn't And it's not even a dragon.
0: It's a dragon,
1: but it's a dog dragon. I'm like a dog yeah, dragon. A dragon dog. What about a cat Something. bus? Like, uh, anyway, go ahead.
3: <laughs> cat <laughs> bus is amazing.
0: <laughs> so, Pat, while you're here, I have to ask you one question Then we're yes. going to get to some kind of gaming topic, which is, so, the female Gelfling in Dark Crystal. Oh. Uncanny Valley hot or just Uncanny Valley? Warm, velvety Muppet sex? Warm, yes. Yeah, no, she's velvety- more like...
3: Sculpted. Hey, I, you know what? <laughs> Pull up a picture real quick because she, it's been wooden, long enough. I, I
2: know sex. who you're talking mm-hmm. about. I know what you're talking about, but like I I can't picture it my my well, mind okay, I haven't seen it in years. It's
1: it's hard to I would think it would be hard to judge because it's literally the same thing as the male gelfling. They just put
2: hair on it. Yeah. Gross. I mean it's gross yeah it's uh, for me yeah no it's just yeah i'd much rather have fizz
3: <laughs> sorry i am fizz what do you think cause... gizmo is do you know there's an entire generation of people listening to this i have no I idea we're like, like, what we're well, talking about
0: well you should watch dark
1: crystal you'll get yeah. a lot of really good gaming uh
0: that's true characters out absolutely them, you know so yeah. all right let's roll into it julia you have something with your current game go
1: uh, I am getting frustrated at people stepping on other people's toes. And my example is this. Um, I generally play a rogue or some sort of roguey type. And I think it's mainly because my... Or a key- pirate. Or a pirate. Uh, but mainly my gaming group tends to go either caster or the other spectrum, like a barbarian or something. So I, I like playing the middle ground. And this particular Pathfinder game, I chose a a Slayer, which is kind of a mix of a ranger and a rogue. And why the barbarian thinks sneaking is his job huh. really pisses me off and it's starting to wear on a me. A
0: barbarian? Really? Right,
1: okay. So like we're...
0: What edition? Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Pathfinder
1: okay. So we're... So there's another ranger, which is fine. We're He's, a big enough group. I've got a... Isn't...
0: That a cross class for the barbarian, or is it not? Well, I, skill wise, I cross class skill stealth. Yeah,
1: but that's the point. That's my point. Is that. She has no stealth. Okay. But we're going to go recon this castle, and she is coming with the rest of the party, who also doesn't have stealth, with the two people of the highest stealth, and blow it. And it's like, you just ruin the game for us rogues. It's like the one thing we can do right. amazingly, and you're rolling for it. It like drives me up a wall, and I've been dealing with this for years with my gaming group, and I'm just at my wits end. I finally looked at everybody, and I said... No, you are not. You do not roll those dice. Like, I was like super pissed. I just had the baby, so I was extra crabby. So they just got like full blown bitch, Julie, about rolling stealth, uh, finally. Uh, and I'm just stepping on toes. You're a barbarian. You sit there and you hit shit after I've snuck attack them. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Anyway, that's so what you're
4: saying is you just want to keep people in their little boxes and you don't want them to try you know, and get out of their comfort zone. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: No, because if it was like, okay, if it was a caster that was like, <laughs> Not a half orc and wanted to roll stealth and actually had something. That's fine. You are a giant half orc woman. Mm-hmm. You sit in the corner.
2: Yeah, and you, you wear, wait. You're wearing jingly armor. <laughs> you it, think you know. about the choices that brought you here. Yeah, exactly. like <laughs> I'm fine
1: with a little bit of cross classing, but like the end, one end of this, <laughs> one end of the spectrum, and the other end of the spectrum shouldn't be trying that middle ground. Yeah, like that's my. I guess
0: that's my. All right, let's break this into two issues. Issue one is everybody wants their moment to shine. Right. And that may come from role-playing, that may come from skills. Everyone's going to, we all get something different out of role-playing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very fair to say that for some people, they are going to create a particular kind of character and expect to be able to use that character's abilities, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to mean something, to shine, okay? Other people, like Chad, for example, you may care less about the abilities and more about what having the this RP spotlight, yeah. for example. But I think nonetheless, Julie's point there is fair. But then the second issue is when somebody's character, whether through in-character choices or just out-of-character bullheadedness or antsiness or whatever is motivating this player, insists on doing an action that they are not good at, but someone else in the party is good at. Right. And sometimes that's funny like when you get the brainless troll and shadow run trying to negotiate complex financial deals, and you you get some right. It's funny. It's comedy. It's a but good part you, of the RP, especially
1: because you got role playing. Yeah, makes exactly. That good. <laughs> but there's other
0: times where it's not contributing anything to the game. The person's yeah. just screwing it up for the entire group. Well, even if it's not contributing,
3: like say the group doesn't care about like the more mechanical stuff of it. Yeah. Like you said, hey, yeah, that was funny. Once, right. twice. It seems to be know, every time. It's like, yeah, where it's, it's my constantly... Group's bad about it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I understand, but I personally, when I play Pathfinder, like other game systems, I tend to roleplay more, but Pathfinder, I'm more crunchy numbers sure. for some reason, just for that. I don't know why, but I really want to use my character for what they're used mm-hmm. for, and I'm a very strategic player, mm-hmm. and so my strategy is, I'm a ranger slash rogue, I should go and map things out, you know, maybe kill guards at their one on one, do those things.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when you come running through with your orc ass, like it's not (laughs) (laughs) you're not booty. The big orc booty. So yeah, I just feel like that's something that I feel like needs to be talked about because I know it's happened amongst other people too.
2: So and, and you're talking this is in your established group. So this is not a case of it's a new role player. Nope. This is somebody that has been role playing for well, years. Well, and everybody does
1: it. Uh, the orc is just an example. Yeah, she, I mean, she happens to be playing with us, but
2: all of them do it. Every, every. Oh uh, my, wow. bro- my huh. brother,
1: my brother, my own brother. Well, you should bitch slap him.
2: I mean, that's that's easy. Just you know, yeah, yeah. shove him down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> blame the
3: baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
2: yeah.
3: Four.
4: My question is: This something that has to do more with the fact of is this a is this a player hogging the spotlight? Is this a player not understanding? The, the the kind of the purpose and dynamic of the group uh, I, is a little bit is a little bit of both I mean if this has been happening for years it would seem like this would be something that you guys would all have moved beyond
1: well I think we've got a couple different factors here we tend to have min maxers so to combat that, some of us have gotten to the point where we'll just try anything just so that we can do something. <laughs> ah. And I think that's part of it, but we haven't had those min maxers playing with us in a while. So I feel like that, yeah, we should have moved past that, first of all. And so it was
0: like a monkey wrenching thing where it's like somebody's going to min max, so they've got a plus 25 to stealth. So to get them to knock it off, I'm going to do the passive aggressive thing and have like a plus two to stealth, but well, keep doing it.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's more like inclusion because if they didn't at least try it then they wouldn't be able to do anything because the min maxers could do everything I gotcha.
0: they've covered all the bases so right you yeah okay there's literally nothing you can trigger.
1: Right? it's not nothing malicious or like uh, snarky or anything I don't oh really. i get that
0: believe me i've i've had gms do it to me both intentionally and unintentionally mm-hmm. where i literally don't know why my character is there there is nothing role-playing wise power wise anything wise right. that is involved in the game along yeah exactly i just
1: and I also think that with my gaming group, it's a, it's a case of inclusion. Everybody likes to, like, work together, and, like, mm-hmm. which is so, like, hippie-sounding. But, like, you know, everybody no, wants no. to be a part of it and, like, yeah. hang out and do things. Well, and do you think?
0: Th- Let me ask you a question here. Do you think maybe the issue here is wrong game? And the reason that I'm asking that is because it sounds like the desires that your group has, which is to have a role, to have purpose, to always be some part of the action – I, there's no game that I think is going to perfectly handle this, but it seems like as role-oriented as most class-based games are, D&D included, that D&D is going to magnify this problem. I know it's Pathfinder, but you get my point. Yeah. Whereas, let's take a game, for example, like good old Battletech, mm-hmm. You know, where you can have somebody who's playing long-range support, somebody who's playing close-and-brawling, and somebody who's doing field demolitions, and you are all doing your own thing but you're doing them at the same time. Or you could take a game like Star Trek where, hey, an unknown alien ship appears, and there's something there for the science officer to think about. There's something there for whoever's manning weapons to think about. There's something there for whoever's playing the captain to think about. It's there's an, There's an obvious way that the entire party can be involved. I mean, maybe not perfectly simultaneously, but it's a whole lot less red light, green light, or if you're colorblind, gray light, gray light, (laughs) than what you would get out of something like D&D or Pathfinder.
1: You might be right. I mean, we tried Warhammer. Yay. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The enthusiasm on that was just (laughs) seeping.
1: (laughs) That was the one where I was like, I have been pregnant and... Alone, let's play a game, and everybody's like, Let's play Warhammer, and I'm like, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we came off Warhammer, which was tough because most people don't know. So, the GM is like really into it, so he knows like everything about it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, us players, we like knew nothing about it, Mm -hmm. and so we were able to stick to our roles really well because we didn't understand the game, and I think that's part of the Maybe the culprit is that mm-hmm. Pathfinder is so familiar to everybody. Yeah, like, because we have a couple new ones that it's not brand; they're not brand new, but they're new to gaming, sort of. Like, they haven't played many different systems; they've only played like Pathfinder and Warhammer. Now, I so.
0: realize this is going to get mixed comments, but I don't think Pathfinder is a good first game.
1: Oh, like. I don't think Warhammer was, think which was one of them's first. But you know, I because I, th- I, think
0: <laughs> I think Fantasy Files. stripped down. Okay, so stripped down Fantasy, mm-hmm. I think, makes a great first game because of the fact that most people are familiar with fantasy tropes. Mm-hmm. If they've seen Lord of the Rings, if they've ever heard a fairy tale, they get the gist of elves, dwarves, orcs, dragons, whatever. But Pathfinder, it's a complicated game. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's not the crunchiest game I've seen, but there's a lot. It's no Advanced Squad Leader, but... No, yeah. but it's, it's, yeah, it's not one of those Task Force games right. or something. But there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is. It's... Mm-hmm. As opposed to something... And there's also
3: an implied saying. I mean, you say, oh, yeah, well, everyone knows orcs and dragons and and elves and stuff. It's like, yeah, that stuff's in there, and you you can get that. There is also a sort of implied setting and an implied vibe to the game, to Mm -hmm. to D&D in general, to Pathfinder, because it's from that. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think it's a good first game either. Well, it would be a good first game, though. Well, though
0: we're kind of... Strange. I
1: said fate. <laughs> Any fate system would be good. It would get you into the role-playing side of things.
3: Maybe
0: I worry that fate goes the opposite direction. It's yeah. so stripped down, it's so open okay, that I don't think it's clear to use chance. One of his favorite metaphors. It's not clear what buttons there are to push, right? Because it, right. yeah. it's so yeah. vague, it's so descriptive. Even I, as a role player of you know decades, mm-hmm. the first fate game I played, the idea of write down these adjectives or phrases that hit this sweet spot. Of being meaningful without being overly specific, well, and, and they can be used for me and against me. And, I, it it and was a the, really confusing idea, and yeah. yet there's yeah. a lot.
3: of You can get really deep in the weeds in the rules too. I mean, there—that's there, true. There is a lot of crunch. I mean, hell, Pat and I have been—we've been playing Dresden for two or three years, yeah. not off and on. And I was like two games ago. Pat wanted to do something that was pretty complex and in-depth, and I had made a new character who was a a magic user, and so I read the entire magic section, which is like a large part of the book, and I learned, it's like, oh, I've been playing this game for two years. Now I understand how to play it. Yeah. And I had to walk Pat through, okay, this is how you tag a scene and get this for free to get this point. Now you do, now you spend a fate chip to tag this to get this. Now you tell Wayne, Wayne, I am doing this, I would like this to happen, and then you get another, t- you know, and basically you stack it up to where you can actually make the
0: legendary difficult roles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing
3: for years. And yeah, that's exactly. a rules
0: guide. I don't have a problem with D&D in general. Right. I'm just not sure I'd go Pathfinder. I think that if I was to pick a D&D edition, I think, for example, something like Fifth, where you can roll a lot of that back, and you can even just ask them to make choices like, mm-hmm. okay, your background. Pick from one of these half dozen or dozen backgrounds. You know your class specialty. Pick from one of these half a dozen or dozen class specialties. What about fourth edition? No, (laughs) as
3: an an intro.
0: Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, Well,
4: I actually I would argue that you could do it because I sat down. I never played fourth, though. I certainly, obviously, have played plenty of other editions. But I sat down at a FLGS one day when fourth edition was relatively recently out, and. I was able to pick it up uh, fairly easily as regards to, oh, so here's what I can do. Here's something special I can only do once or twice. Mm-hmm. And it was all kind of very much laid out for me as far as, you know, almost to almost in the style of, of a bulleted list as to here are the things that are available for you to do.
1: I, I, I said it was more like a video game. Yeah, it, that's Actually exactly...
4: It's very much like a video game. Honestly, though, 4th edition D&D is, is a lot like 1st edition Earthdawn as far as the way the game is built and, and structured and how things work in there. But yeah, it is. It's very video game-ish uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in that sense. And a lot of people do like it. I mean, it, it gets a
3: very bad rap from yeah. and, you and know, your, your, your core D&D players. But. It's because it's like an MMO, like it's, it's like a video game, specifically like a, an, an MMO, you have all your fantasy tropes. It is very, very simple to get a character out. You don't have to spend two hours making a character. And if you screw your character up, like you don't min-max it just right, well it doesn't matter. The game's really loosey-goosey, yeah. you know? It's it's very hard to screw up, it's very easy to comprehend, and it does have rules, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not like a whatever sort of system or a roll high. It has rules. Different dice do different things, different abilities do different things, you have character classes that have that provide different roles again there's gonna be a lot of people like oh my god fourth edition blah, 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 and then they choke on their own vomit yep and it's like okay i get that but you're an experienced gamer and this is not for you it's for somebody new
0: it, 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 right it is great for uh, somebody uh, new. precisely and the biggest concern with fourth edition is that it's so fixed or so railroady is that there's not going to be a lot of, of role playing or death. But that's up to the game master. Yeah, absolutely. The there's master. nothing that stops you from doing it. But maybe it would stop the issue I'm having. That well, and well, yeah, that's what I wanted to get back to. Is let me steer us away from the addition wank. Yeah, we'll be following this up with an alignment wank. But <laughs> let me getting back to the prior issue. I mean, Julia, if I was actually to offer some advice here. I'll go back to what I said a few edition weeks ago. I'm I'm not sure you guys are playing the right game. Yeah.
1: I mean, mean, you're probably right. We just don't have... The GMs that we have don't... Well, I'm not going to GM. I just don't have time now that I have a kid. But they don't really want to pick some of the other stuff up that I think would be good.
4: And I think you're also maybe not having the right conversations. You got on the right track in regards to when you you know flipped out and went beast mode on everybody. <laughs> but as if you were to have throttled back a little bit and you know had the conversation saying, "Look, you know my character is built for this. Yours is not. This is this is an opportunity for me to do something. You're going to get your chance later to shine." There's a distribution, there's a spotlight distribution that has to happen and you're stealing it from me and it it sounds selfish, but ultimately it's really not because you're in essence standing up for your character and what your character is supposed to do at that particular Mm -hmm. time. I agree with so that. So you just need to talk. I just went need beast mode. You need to talk to your people. You did. You totally went beast mode. But that's okay. You, you're you know, you're going to get forgiven for that, for the fact that, oh, you know, she just had a baby. And then they won't take you seriously. And everyone's going to ignore you. And they'll talk behind your back. And then eventually you get kicked out of the group. I mean, that's kind of how these things go.
1: It's at my house. They can't kick me out. Exactly.
4: <laughs> they'll, they, well, they'll Whoa. just have a different gaming night and then suddenly stop not being able to make it to your place.
1: No, they weren't oh, actually no, mad at me. We can't, In fact, I'm
4: sorry, my- Julia. We can't, we can't do that night. We're all busy. <laughs>
1: My brother actually sent me, like, a funny meme about it, like, the next day, because I went beast mode. <laughs> it, was, it was about, like, your char- all your players rolling the same skill as you. It was yeah. really funny.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> well, have you, okay, apart from beast mode, yeah, have you had that conversation more productively of just saying, hey, you know, let me do what my character's supposed to do, and I'll chill out when it's your time to shine?
1: In the past, and I think that's probably why I went beast mode was a combination of having a baby and oh, several sure. years of this. Blame the baby. Oh, yeah. Hey, sleep deprivation, it's a real thing. That first um, <laughs> year <is> brutal. <laughs> no, but it, it was, I think like we've, maybe not with this particular group, but maybe a few in the group you know, we've had in trouble in the past where people really step on each other's toes. You know, you get it with the knowledge skills all yeah. the time. Like, I just feel like knowledge skills, like everybody's like, oh, I'll roll for that. And even if I don't have anything in it, it's like, no,
3: you sit. see. <laughs> see, that that's something that annoys me is the group is trying to figure something out, maybe investigate something or do something yeah. or whatever. And everyone, instead of saying, well, this person is an expert and so they're going to try it or... Can we work together where this person and this person work together to do something? Or, yeah. hey, maybe we just don't have that expertise here. We need to go talk to an NPC. No, everyone's like, well, according to the rules, even if I don't have a skill, I can lo- roll the dice at a super bad modifier. So we have six people sitting around the table. Let's throw some f-ing dice at this problem. Yes. Somebody's going to hit. And here's,
1: and here's and the we'll thing, do it once
3: every two minutes. It'll be great. I'm
1: there's like, a mechanic ugh. built in so you can assist. Right. So just let the person who actually has the skill roll the d20 and then you can get the assist modifier. If you mm-hmm. really want to be that involved, if you're that worried about reading a stupid book. Yeah. Like,
3: I, <laughs> I mean, the, the one, I know the barbarians <laughs> isn't interested. Yeah, right.
1: No, for some reason they have knowledge, like, Plus 20 for no reason, but (laughs) I'm lying. But RGM in the knowledge skill department is good about keeping that in check. I don't
0: think this would help your group, but I know there are games that have a, I guess it's the inverse of an assist mechanic, we'll call it a meddling mechanic, (laughs) where just as your success can benefit mine. So if you're good at it and I'm good at it, or you're mediocre and I'm good at it, then you know, I could attempt it and you could assist. Mm-hmm. But conversely, if Pat and Chad say, well, screw or we're just go throw D20s mm-hmm. at it because we can, that – if they fail, they can actually drag the rolls down. Oh yeah. man! And I so it's actually like that. if like I'm trying to do emergency field surgery, I'm trying to do an appendectomy mm-hmm. on somebody. I reach in, hand you his gallbladder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chad just reaches in there and starts twisting and turning <laughs> things and whatever. That yeah, his his botch. It's not just a. Well, I failed. No biggie. Just pulled the D twenty off the table, you know. But it actually drags. Just as Julia's success might bump me up, your guy's failures mm-hmm. might drag, drag me down. Mm-hmm. down. But I suppose it's not always plausible. I mean, if you're just sitting around brainstorming, like, yeah, does anyone know how to read this? I guess you could get somebody who misinterprets it or pretends they do when they don't. Oh, well, I think the misinterpreting thing is a
3: perfect example of that. I mean, we've seen. Well, let's say recon you know everybody's quiet nobody's getting caught we're being really careful we're hedging our bets so it's it's long range we have spy glasses and stuff and everybody rolls sort of an investigation spy recon roll or gm what's see how to do it well again everyone's just throwing dice at the problem so that they can overcome the obstacle well the gm has the tool where they can say it's like oh yeah man ten thousand troops at this tiny <laughs> guard post it's amazing i didn't it's the barbarian. Doesn't know how to count. He just counted the same guy twenty times <laughs> Cause
0: he, Cause he kept moving, he kept moving around. And he couldn't count Yeah, down. Yeah, right. so he kept getting to the pinky and then losing count and starting back over. Right. Maybe he's not even clear on what the word
3: thousand means. No, <laughs> but he. Want, it sounds impressive. Yeah, and that's what barbarians do. Sound impressive. Mm-hmm. So he was there.
1: He's well, and it. the other game system I had a really hard time with this in the past has been Shadowrun. I've had a lot of people who in Shadowrun tend to try to step on other people's toes but i think it's because you can like i don't know do so much well- in those
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a being a classless game like that where you as opposed to <laughs> that game is totally classless. Um no, a game that does not have classes in it. Shadowrun has it, classes. It, yeah, Does it not? No. Well, it
3: has
4: suggestions, archetypes. Oh, yeah. Those are
3: it, pre-built. Yeah. It, it oh, has gotcha. well,
0: it does have suggested roles. You almost do have to sort of class down it. Mm. Like if you want to be a rigger, it's really hard to be part rigger part mage.
3: Yes. You? You could do it, but But you're a crappy rigger and and a a crappy bingo.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which I think is a a really smart way of doing that, in my opinion, so you don't have people who are like, I can do everything. But but." one thing it
0: it does give you the opportunity to sort of invent roles, especially if you see one that's not well described. For example, I think one that's incredibly powerful in Shadowrun. Now, I don't know if they ever codified this in later editions, but at least as far as I played the game, which was up to third edition, uh they, they had not codified it into sort of an, an archetype which was the contact person mm, mm-hmm. where you don't necessarily the have fixer? not exactly it's kind, kind of, of, a of like a fixer mm. but like you cause you could actually spend character creation points on knowing people mm. and so mm-hmm. maybe you know inter- you've only got a bulletproof vest and a sidearm, you're not cyborged out, you don't know any magic, you don't have cars with armor and gatling cannons on it but you know everybody you know that guy Mm -hmm. Uh, if you get arrested by lone star you know a sergeant who will spring you if you end up out in the Barrens, you're technically a an honorary member of a gang Mm -hmm. that will show up if you end up out you know among the the native americans or something you know a chief out there so i mean it's and you can play somebody who is incredibly powerful that way
1: I want to say there is a mechanic in that that's oh, maybe I'm thinking of um it, and serenity has one where you like it's know that guy or something. well, and
0: it might also be in later editions once again. Yeah. My intimate knowledge of Shadowrun only goes as far as third I own fourth and fifth
1: mm-hmm. but my I really, think fourth edition does yeah
0: but i I know there was a way that you could buy contacts at a certain level and these are people that. Uh, they'll help you out but they're not really going to stick their necks out for you and then it went up from there if you paid more they would become a buddy and if you paid more they would become a genuine friend and you could keep buying up their loyalty to higher and higher levels just like real life Yes, well, I mean, I think in a sense because it represented your investment in these people. Yeah, the emotional investment. Precisely. It's just the way, or monetary. The way that they balanced it was in cash, and I guess you could say, well, you spent time hanging out the bar, getting to know people, instead of putting in an extra shift, Mm -hmm. and so maybe it's not spent on income, maybe it's lost income. I mean, I don't know, but the point is, however you explained it, it did allow you to create these classes, so to speak that the game had never really even specifically suggested. And yes, I think there was a contact fixer in the NPC list, but it was not one of the suggested archetypes for a, a player character to be.
3: Fascinating. Fascinating?
0: <laughs> Fascinating. So, Julia, there's my advice to you. is I think you guys are playing the wrong game. Yeah. If your people won't chill out, I think you need to find a game where you guys can play... To your strengths more simultaneously. Because I mean it sounds to me like this person just doesn't want to be left sitting on the sidelines.
3: Everybody. You know what?
0: And so find <laughs> find a game where they aren't left sitting on the sidelines yeah. ever. That you know, well, or at least not often, but there's well, or in- what you can do is you can talk to your, your game master
1: mm-hmm.
3: and work out to where it's like, okay, so you have Grognak, the big booty barbarian <laughs> orc chick.
1: Who is a lesbian, by Who's, the way. Weird of, course, random of, course, thing of course she is.
3: Of course she is. I
1: don't know why. It's just, well, and, you know, she you was know.
0: just born that way. You know. you know, played she's by a male, hair. right? Yeah. No. No? No. Hmm. Well, okay. Usually when there's a lesbian wow. character, I can immediately go back to played by a male. Yeah. she's um, And she's... Straight
3: married woman. Yeah. Huh.
0: Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. She also play lesbian. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I, we'll allow this. We, we yes. <laughs> yeah. We this will From affirm- Our judgment. Is we will allow this.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: We and, will and allow we this have,
0: one experiment. We
1: do have a female character being played by a male who is also a lesbian.
3: What you could do is you could work it out with the game master. Mm-hmm. And so when our big booty lesbian barbarian, <laughs> half orc, probably magic user, thief, whatever goes out and is like, okay, well, I'm going to go do the recon, and you're just like, oh, that's my job. And then, oh, I'm going to do it. Let them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let them that's true. Fail. That's mm-hmm. true. And then, you rescue them. Yeah. And oh. then, or, you can work it out with the Game Masters yeah. to where every little... Piccadillo that each one has, they go into and it, and it's all above the board. It's all yeah, above board, all, you know. Hey, if, the if they roll the the, the dice Natural and, 20 and, and, and yeah. boom, they got it. Hey, great! Well, but they're going to screw up eventually, and so each person has to dig them out of a hole one by one, right?
0: Or work it out with the game master. Where if they're playing the unneeded tag along, failure doesn't affect everyone. So yeah, you've got the two yeah. sneaky characters creeping through, and they both roll really well. And then you've got Big Booty creeping through and big, <laughs> booty, like big Booty Big Booty botches it. And what happens is you're successfully hidden, you know, behind the brush and the other person's successfully hidden by the brush. But Big Booty's big booty yeah. is sticking it right out stick, of the brush. Stick it right out. Yeah and all ready for it also, <laughs> and all of a sudden the enemy patrol only sees them the big
1: giant and green ass calls
0: them off <laughs> yep and yeah, that's
1: a good idea too
3: what's that in that bush it's a big giant green ass <laughs> let's get it <laughs> Well, Let's come for is. Let's for us.
1: Let's poke it.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, all
3: right. So now we're talking Surprise, a pretty good game. Surprise butt sex. <laughs> Woohoo. So now, now, now I'm now never failing a now recon sequel again. About. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise butt sex? Yes.
0: <laughs> so after their time off, I would like to thank Pat, Julia, and I guess the other guy yeah. for, <laughs> <laughs> for. Whatever. Yeah. For uh, joining us. As for the rest of you guys, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. See ya. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2017. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.